Hi guys, welcome or welcome back to Fiona's Take. I am Fiona and today we are going to be talking about um, phone banking and calling voters to um, encourage them to vote and also um, an issue with Trump's campaign or Trump's actions in 2016. So this is actually my second time recording this episode because I honestly just didn't like how the first one turned out. I'm not using notes uh, for this episode. Um, Usually I have a couple of bullet points in front of me to remember what I'm talking about and get me focused back on the subject. But today I'm not using any notes. I'm just going by memory. So, um, you know, we'll see how this one goes. Hopefully it goes better than the last one. I am a little bit stressed because I have two quizzes tomorrow, Um, so I'm really hoping those go well, and I have a little bit of homework to do, but other than that, I'm doing okay. So I guess let's just jump right in. Honestly, I'm going to start with Trump's campaign issue, or I keep calling it a campaign issue. I don't really know exactly like what, how I should label it, but Um, We're just going to start with that because I think that's more relevant to um, today. And then after, I'm going to talk about how I started calling some voters. And then I also may talk about the debate that happened last night. Um, Today is September 30th. I am not exactly sure when this episode will be up um, or when you are hearing it. But the debate was yesterday, September 29th, 2020, between Biden and Trump um, in my time, 7 to 9.30 p.m. Okay, (laughs) so I'm going to start by reading this article. I'll read it pretty fast um, just because it's not long, but, you know, it's not none of this is my word. So um, it's on channel4.com, Channel 4 News. Um, so it was published um, actually two days ago, and I will just read it to you. So the title is Revealed, Trump Campaign Strategy to Deter Millions of Black Americans from Voting in 2016 by Channel 4 News Investigations Team. 3.5 million black Americans were profiled and categorized as deterrents by Trump campaign, voters they wanted to stay home on Election Day. Channel 4 News has exclusively obtained a vast cache of data used by Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign on almost 200 million American voters. It reveals that 3.5 million black Americans were categorized by Donald Trump's campaign as deterrence voters. They wanted to stay home on Election Day. Tonight, civil rights campaigners said the evidence said the evidence amounted to a new form of voter suppression and called on Facebook to disclose ads and targeting information that has never been made public. The deterrence project can be revealed after Channel 4 News obtained the database used by Trump's digital campaign team, credited with helping deliver his shock victory to become president four years ago. Vast in scale, it contains details on almost 200 million Americans, more than 5,000 files, which together amass almost 5 terabytes of data, making it one of the biggest leaks in history. It reveals not only the huge amount of data held on every individual voter, but how that data was used and manipulated by models and algorithms. 
and 16 key battleground states, millions of America millions of Americans were separated by an algorithm into one of eight categories, also described as audiences, so they could then be targeted with tailored ads on Facebook and other platforms. One of the categories was named deterrence, which was later described publicly by Trump's chief data scientist as containing people that the campaign hope don't show up to vote. Analysis by Channel 4 News shows Black Americans, historically a community targeted with voter suppression tactics, were disproportionately marked as deterrence by the 2016 campaign. In total, 3.5 million Black Americans were marked deterrence. In Georgia, despite Black people constituting 32% of the population, they made up 61% of the deterrence category. In North Carolina, Black people are 22% of the population, but were 46% of deterrence. In Wisconsin, Black people constitute just 5.4% of the population, but made up 17% of deterrence. The disproportionate categorizing of Black Americans for deterrence is seen across the U.S. Overall, people of color labeled as Black, Hispanic, Asian, and other groups made up 54% of the deterrence category. In contrast, other categories of voters the campaign wished to attract were overwhelmingly white. The 2016 campaign preceded the first fall in Black turnout in 20 years and allowed Donald Trump to take shock victories in key states like Wisconsin and Michigan by wafer-thin margins, reaching the White House despite losing the popular vote by $3 million to Hillary Clinton. Trump's digital campaign, called Project Alamo and based in San Antonio, Texas, involved a team from the now-defunct British company Cambridge Analytica, working with a team from the Republican National Committee. Two senior members of the Cambridge Analytica team are working on the Trump 2020 campaign. Cambridge Analytica collapsed after investigations by Channel 4 News, The Observer, and New York Times in 2018. Facebook is facing calls to ban political advertising following an international backlash over the use of its platform to spread misinformation, disinformation, and suppression during election campaigns. The Trump campaign spent $44 million on Facebook ads alone during 2016, posting almost 6 million different versions of highly targeted messages that were pumped directly into the feeds of target voters across America, helped by a Facebook employee embedded within the Trump campaign. But many of the ads were so-called dark posts, which could vanish from recipients' feeds once a campaign stopped paying for them. It means no complete public record exists of the ads posted on Facebook during the 2016 campaign or the audience list used to target voters. The platform offered no ad library at the time. Without Facebook or the campaign itself revealing the information, it means it's not possible to ascertain exactly how potential voters in the deference group may have been targeted on Facebook. The Trump campaign itself has categorically stated that it did not target African Americans. Brad Parscale, the campaign's 2016 digital director, told PBS Frontline, um, excuse me, I lost my place. Um, I would say I'm nearly 100% sure we did not run any campaigns that targeted even African Americans. But Channel 4 News has uncovered evidence that the campaign did target Black voters with negative ads designed to 
crush Hillary Clinton's turnout. These included videos featuring Hillary Clinton referring to black youths as super predators, which aired on television 402 times in October 2016 and received millions of views on Facebook. In one confidential document seen by Channel 4 News, Cambridge Analytica admitted the the Trump campaign did target AA, African-Americans, with what it called the Predators video, spending $55,000 in the state of Georgia alone. Reacting to the Channel 4 News revelations, Jamal Watkins, vice president of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, branded it a modern-day suppression campaign, using data and digital technology to keep um, Black voters at home. He said, The thing that's shocking slash troubling about this is that there's a is that there's this category of suppression, that deterrence part. So we use data, similar to voter file data, but it's to motivate, persuade, and encourage folks to participate. We don't use the data to say who can to say who can we deter and keep at home. That just seems fundamental that just seems fundamental excuse me. <laughs> that just seems fundamentally it's a shift from the notion of democracy. It's not may the best candidate win at that point. It's may the best well-funded machine suppress voters and keep them at home, thereby rigging the election so that someone can win. He added, I don't believe Facebook has fully disclosed their role and fully disclosed the type of ads that were run, who is involved, and literally how they may have been embedded in, say, the Trump campaign to make this all come to life. Facebook is a very profitable platform. It reaches billions of folks every day. It doesn't need this kind of money. If it were to monitor and check these suppressive ads and say this is not the platform for this type of misinformation, disinformation, suppression suppression tactics, Mark Zuckerberg would still live well and eat well. Today, a Facebook spokesperson said, since 2016, elections has changed and so has Facebook. What happened with Cambridge Analytica couldn't happen today. We have 35,000 people working to ensure the integrity of our platform, created a political ads library, and have protected more than 200 elections worldwide. We also have rules prohibiting voter suppression and are running the largest voter information campaign in American history. The Trump campaign, the Republican National Committee, and the White House did not provide any comment to Channel Channel 4 News prior to broadcast. So that was the article. Excuse me for stuttering um, a few times. Um, So this is related to the phone banking work I have been doing. So one of my friends posted on her Instagram story a photo with the text, something along the lines of, you know, text me if you'd like to get involved in calling voters and encouraging them to vote and giving them information. So obviously that was something I was interested in. So I texted her and she helped me get set up. Um, I do not remember the name of the organization, but you can go to votinginformation.org slash PBC, which stands for um, Phone Bank Central, to get that information. You'll have to, you know, sign up for a Zoom meeting. And after that, you'll be able to uh, start calling people. So I um, 
I started a few days ago and it's just fascinating. I've been calling people in suppressed uh, voter states. Let me um, find the list of states now. Arizona, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, Texas, Florida, and South Carolina are all the states that we're um, calling voters in. So I have been doing Alabama mostly, and especially in Tuscaloosa and uh, Montgomery County, in both of those counties. And so um, I've had some funny interactions, (laughs) so I would personally like to tell you guys about them. So basically, um, one of the interactions I had um, I've had I've had some negative interactions. Like I call and they hang up. You know, like my name's Fiona. Are you Mister Miss Blah Blah Blah? Um, would you be able to talk about voting? And they're like, no, and hang up. And that honestly happens a lot. And I'm not surprised. In the Zoom meeting that was introducing phone banking, I um, saw a statistic like 20 to 30 percent of only 20 to 30 percent of calls result in talking with a real person and or leaving a voicemail, which was uh, crazy to me. Like um, 70 uh, to 80% of calls are like, you have the wrong number. This phone number is disconnected. They don't speak your language. You know, so a lot of it is just, you know, marking on the website that they didn't pick up or that their voicemail message system isn't set up. There is a lot of that, which is okay, obviously. Um, It's part of the experience, I think. And so I've had some funny experiences. Like I've asked, um, would you consider voting early? Because we are encouraging voters to vote early in person because absentee ballots are more work and less reliable. Um, so we are, you know, encouraging voters to do that. So I'll ask, would you consider voting early? No. What, like, are you considering voting this year? No. Can I ask you why? No. Um, can I help you get registered? No. So I've had a couple of interactions where people just, you know, aren't voting, won't consider it, won't take any information, which I think is, um, fascinating. Like I wasn't, really expecting that kind of response from a lot of people. Um, But I did help one person get registered to vote, which um, really excites me. I've always wanted to make change. And, you know, this is literally like a changing the world one person at a a time thing. I've had a couple of voters say like, I'm not available now. Can you call me at this time or call can I can I call you back? Um stuff like that. I have had um some negative interactions. For example, I called someone and I was like, "Hello, like I'm calling for Miss blah 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 um or Miss so and so. Um my name's Fiona. I am a volunteer with the NAACP. Um is Miss So-and-So available to talk about um, voting? And the person who answered the phone was like, this is not Miss So-and-So. She's sleeping. Um, 
And I was like, oh, well, is it possible to talk to you about voting? And she said, no. And I said, okay, um, can I, can you please make sure that Miss So-and-so calls me back after she's done resting? And the woman who answered the phone said no and hung up. <laughs> so that just really made me laugh. Um, and I know when I get like calls like that, I just hang up immediately. And so it's kind of giving me perspective into like, not what these people have to go through, but like how like difficult and time consuming even getting one person on the phone is and even getting them to pick up. And then after that, a lot of them just don't cooperate. But, you know, I have had some good interactions like, are you considering voting uh, early this year? And people say like, no, I'm planning on voting just on election day. And I explain why, why we're encouraging people to vote early. And I give them the information and like their county office and people like write it down. And I think I actually have helped a few people, which makes me happy. And even if I haven't, even if I haven't like changed anyone's mind or convinced them to like vote early, um, at least I'm updating information on the website, like saying, um, you know, this person has moved from Alabama to Texas or this person, their phone number is disconnected or they speak a different language. Like I'm updating data, but on the website, it's fascinating. There is, um, information about each caller, um, yeah, there's information about each caller that you're calling. So, for example, right now, um, there's this woman, a 38-year-old female I have. It says her county, her precinct, her preferred email, her preferred home, her voting city and zip code, and her general voting history. So you can see out of the past three elections, how many elections um like each person has gone to. So, you know, I've had like people who have picked up and say like, no, I'm not voting this year who have like zero out of three elections that they voted in. Or, you know, people say I vote every single year. Like I, I'll always vote. Don't you worry. Um, I've had like three of those interactions where they're like, don't worry. Like I know how to do it. I'm voting. Um, and they have like three of three elections voted in. And so it makes me happy to see like, um, people's responses when they are voting and when they're dedicated to putting their opinion in. And when someone does say, like, I'm not planning on voting this year, I always try and encourage them. This is not the script. But I say, like, okay, like, here at the NAACP, we really encourage your – we really encourage, like, you to share your vote and your opinion, and we really want you to um, – vote because obviously we value I value every single person's opinion in the U.S. about this election whether or not they support me uh, or they support the candidate I support so um you know it's honestly a fascinating experience I really recommend it if you know me and you're listening to this podcast and you want more information just text me <laughs> I can um help you out with that and if you don't know me and you're listening to this, thank you so much. That is absolutely amazing. Um, I really appreciate it because, you know, I'm new to all of this and it's just for fun and to have an outlet to share my political beliefs on. So um, 
this experience has been just so fascinating to me and I'm really glad I signed up and I've been doing a bunch of new things like this podcast even is really new to me but it's super exciting getting involved with this so yeah I am really happy to be involved with that and like you know to have the opportunity to do stuff like that so last thing let's talk about the debate um, honestly, not very many opinions on it. I think a lot of what I think has been shared. I think they were both, you know, interrupting and yelling and disrespecting the like moderator. I think Trump was obviously interrupting way more. And it seemed like his strategy was literally just not let Biden get a word in. So he looks bad because he knows he's in the wrong. Um, so, yeah, Biden couldn't get a word in and, like, couldn't, like, make his points. And literally Trump's – Trump and Biden's, like, campaign people agreed to let let them have – each candidate have two minutes. And neither of them could just stop talking. And, you know, Trump lied <laughs> a lot in that – and in the debate. And it's sad to me that he can just, like, lie and, like, convince people to vote for him by just lying and spreading false news and then – you know, people support him. And it's crazy. His supporters are like, they don't trust news outlets. They don't trust, um, they don't trust news outlets. They don't trust science. All they trust are his words, which are lies, you know? And he convinces people to not trust news. And with like the whole fake news thing, like he's literally fake news, but, oh gosh, I'm getting heated about this debate it honestly from my point of view it didn't go well for either of them neither of them looked good after the debate trump kept deflecting the questions about he deflected the questions about taxes and about covid and about like he started talking about um biden's son which is just you know he's been so disrespectful to biden's son in the past and i'm just disappointed that our candidates have been brought down to these two options so hopefully um you know the person i want to win will win the election um you know we'll see how it goes um but this debate really in my opinion i don't think it really shifted the outcome like of the election. You know, I don't think it really made a huge difference because honestly, neither person looked good. So, um, yeah, that's just my take. I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. And yeah, I think that's it. Please sign up for phone banking. You know, it's a small way to make a really big difference in people's lives, in the election, in the community. Um, you know, it's really important. And if you're feeling kind of lost about this election or hopeless, that's a way you can make a change. I have to go to class now. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune in for the next one. Follow me on Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this podcast. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening. See you in the next one.